Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone, Taylor here. You know at our podcast, we were wanting to center the perspectives of people who look like us and women as well as marginalized people who has been historically pushed to the sideline of conversations. So if you haven't already, we welcome you to engage through our Instagram or Facebook page by leaving a comment or simply support us by subscribe our podcast from Acast, Apple, Spotify and Google. It will make a huge differences to increase our visibility and centering the conversations we have from our pod. Enjoy today's episode. Hi to our listeners, just a head up that this episode will be speaking about sexual and gender violence against women. If you're concerned about your mental well-being, we encourage you to seek uh, professional help from your health professions. You may also reach out via lifeline on 13 11 14 or beyond blue on 1300 659 467. Hey y'all, this is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And you're listening to Asian Bitches Down Under. Helen, we're, we were bitches on the streets this week in Sydney and around <laughs> the country and around the world. Um, what happened yes. on Monday? Yeah, so on Monday, there were, uh, well, we had a nationally organised, uh, like a women's march. Yeah. That was uh, organised within a week. I'm very proud of the efficiency of the woman, of course. Um, it was sparked by the past weeks of news of sexual assaults in both arenas of public citizens' life as well as in the parliament. So this includes you know, the allegation put forward by Brittany Higgins' case where she, was rep- she reported that she was raped in 2019 in the parliament's office. And then comes along the news of Christian Porter, not my... Attorney General, <laughs> uh, his rape allegation in 1988, and also Chanel Contos' initiation of calling the government to establish the consent education for younger students after sharing stories of sexual assault and har- harassment during her high school years. Of course, um, on top of that, not to mention that last week's uh, the Saturday paper came out with an article by Mick Succumb titled The Children of God, How Power Works in Australia, describing how privileged and entitled students of private school boys wielded their powers in the society to their own advantages. So the march is essentially to actually calling the government to do something about all this shit's happening yeah. in our nation and also our world, of course, because gender violence is very universal. Yeah, I was going to use universal. Well, I don't is, know absolutely. if it's a, yeah. I can't. I can't think of a country that doesn't have some sort of gendered violence against women. I think it happens mm-hmm. everywhere, definitely. Yeah. So, for those who were not familiar about what ha- happened in Australia, I just pretty much laid out the background of. Um, the reasons for the march, and yeah. w- what do you think? Yeah, you're, well, you you want to say something? Yeah, I mean, I was there to report on the Sydney grounds um, at the Sydney March for Women's Agenda, and I was really, really buoyed by how many people there were. Mm-hmm. Um, Helen, you and your daughter were in Gosford, I believe, yeah, at we're the Gosford on March. The Dark and Jarland uh, Gosford. Yeah. Um, yeah. How how many people were there? Because apparently Sydney had about 
couple of thousand. It felt yeah. like hundreds of thousands, but yeah, maybe it, it was just a thousand. Yeah. It looked like couple there's like a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that we have about over close to two hundred, which is to okay. my surprise that yeah. I didn't expect that we will have a that many older people attend because it's yeah. on Monday. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the hmm. reason that they have it on Monday because they want to the main march right. is yeah. at Canberra. They want to actually yeah. voice out the sitting parliament the concerns yeah, exactly. to which the happened on Monday. Yeah, um, yeah, my my colleague yeah. Madeline was mm-hmm. there on on Monday to report from Canberra and I reported from Sydney. Uh, we had um, Artie mm-hmm. Shirley um, give the welcome to country and um, followed by Jess Hill, who, um, as you know, wrote the um, book about domestic violence, um, which is called... The what You May Me, Me Do. Do, yep, and that, which won the Stella Prize, I think, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was great. Um, she really addressed the crowd really powerfully, calling the, you know, sort of inspiring everyone to say just because this is something that happens on a Monday, it shouldn't, we shouldn't lose momentum, you know, like mm-hmm. just because the media might not necessarily look at us day day by day, um, this is a issue that, you know, affects women every single day and we have to keep pushing for it. We can't, you know, we can't sort of lag, mm-hmm. drag our feet uh, uh, around this issue because it's so deadly to a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And I think what I was going to say is that the power of social media is just very overwhelming because mm. within a week they established, you know, 40 marches in both metropolitan and regional areas. And it just extremely amplified the importance of this event as well. I just hope that, yeah, after Monday it continues like what we're doing now, as you know, we're using podcast to share it. Yeah. yeah, to talk about it. It's going to be a very on, ongoing cause that yeah. we do as well. Absolutely. Um, I mean, with our own history of activism, you know, you attended the Women's March in US. Yeah, a few times. That was back yeah. in what twenty. Well, I went or... to the original one when the day when Trump was inaugurated. Mm-hmm. I was in Washington mm-hmm. D.C. Um, on mm-hmm. that day, it was. When I think back to that memory and that day and being there around, surrounded by so many Make American Great hat holders, it was so <sighs> like, I feel like I was in a dream when I think back to that time because uh-huh. it, I was, it was such an out-of-body feeling being mm-hmm. surrounded by so many Republicans. It was quite terrifying, actually. I just remember, I just remember the, the, funniest, um, the funniest incident that day. I was there by myself. I was a freelance journalist reporting on that day um Mm -hmm. and i just remember seeing an asian woman dressed in all trump gear and i just remember thinking Mm. why the fuck are you a trump supporter you're asian (laughs) (laughs) you have no idea yeah there's a lot of asians who are Trump. oh it's so strange yeah yeah. asians neglecting um oblivious to the fact that they (laughs) walk in an asian body but anyway yeah i have subsequently in the last couple of years been to the marches every year the pussy um, marches, the pink marches, sorry, in New York City since 2016, mm-hmm. 2017, when he was inaugurated, yeah. And um, I have to say, the one in Sydney, like, it, it's co- it's it's not... I mean, obviously, there are more people in New York City, and when I was marching on the streets of New York City, it was, like, 
a different planet. But like Sydney did have a lot of people, and there was a lot of anger and power and a lot of like great signs also from a lot of women. I don't know if mm-hmm. you saw like yep. good signs from mm-hmm. where you were yeah. protesting, but um, I was really buoyed by a lot of young women, like sixteen, seventeen-year-olds, girls who were skipping school to you know oh, to, wow. okay. to, to to yeah make a point about how I, I interviewed some of them and they were like, how is this still a thing in twenty twenty one that I have to like protest about my fundamental rights like it mm-hmm. just they were exactly you know. yeah and then i spoke to 75 year old women who were like i've been protesting for 30 years and i'll keep protesting um mm-hmm. so like the range of the age of marches was really encouraging mm-hmm. at the uh, march on the darkened land where i am on we had mostly um, older populations, as you know, because up on the coast, you, you, there's a, the demographic is usually <laughs> tend to be a, a little bit older and white. Uh, yeah, and white. Of Were course, you the yeah. only I, person I feel of like, color? I think I was the only Asian with my yeah. daughter. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm the only person of color because there are other, you know, like ladies and also um, also indigenous community yeah. groups were there as well yeah. which is you know good but uh, I'm quite dis- I'm actually a little disappointed like there mm. wasn't a lot of younger people there right. were mostly older people and there were moms like me yeah and retirees there were men as well which is good to see um, yeah but there wasn't a lot of there, there were not a lot of young kids like you yeah. said you know in Sydney there's like high school students yeah I was yeah. hoping to see a lot of high school students to be honest mm. because there's um, location where the march happened, mm. there's at least three or four high schools. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of men, um, there were actually a lot of men at the Sydney march, which was which was mm-hmm. really encouraging. A lot of like I saw either two types of men. There were like really old men in their sixties and seventies who were with mm-hmm. their partners, or there were like young hipster men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they were all both white, you know, uh-huh. uh, mostly white men. But yeah, I just remember seeing like a lot of good-looking hipster men and thinking like, if I was single, this would be such an awesome place to pick up a guy, because <laughs> you know that they're like feminist. <laughs> or maybe they just took their but they cover. probably just yeah, probably it's just. I mean, if I was a straight white guy, I would use a a a, a, a march like a Monday to pick up a woman. But then like that would also be the most inappropriate place yeah to pick up a woman because you know that march is about women not being harassed. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think speaking of our um, history of activism, I really like for our listeners that. I really am the one who's been inspired by Jesse because I never thought about this kind of feminism stuff before that I turned 30, to be honest. So, like, I feel ashamed of her, but at the same time, you know, at least I'm acknowledging it now. You got me to attend the Women's March. I think there's there were one... There was one in Sydney. Oh a couple yes, of years I ago. remember. Uh, we went with my daughter. Yeah, she was when so she cute was back like then. three. So yeah. cute. And we picked up the purple badge. Uh, mm. She picked up the purple badge label, Unfuck the World. Mm. She didn't know how to read it then, but she just said, that's a purple one. I like that one. So yeah. we're going to get that one. Um, and also we went to the decriminalized abortion protest in Hyde Park. Oh, yes, yes. And yeah. where there were like um, abortion activists. I mean, anti-abortion <laughs> yeah. activists. That was so yeah. crazy. <laughs> God. And we also went to the climate change, I think, um, Maybe less than eighteen months ago, yeah. I was up on the coast as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, when you ask me why do I march, 
um, when you were reporting on Monday. Yeah. Like I, I said that I march for the victims of sexual and gender violence, mm-hmm. uh, victims and survivors, you mm-hmm. know. The past 10 years has been really highlighted in media, I think, like Juma, Irides, Jane, Dixon. Mm. Dix- yeah, Dixon? Yeah. yeah. And Aya Masawa, you know, the Israeli international student. Yeah. And Joy and also, Clark, a lot of Indigenous women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, don't exactly. even make it into the newspaper. Yeah, and yeah. I'm very surprised a couple of a lot of Asians that are not highlighted in media and newspaper as well. Yeah. For example, I only found out this morning mm. there's a woman named Vivian Chan, yeah. the wife who was stabbed to death in 2019. There's certainly not like didn't know about this in 2019. Yeah. There was no media coverage or at least that wasn't on the front page. Yeah. Um she was uh murdered by her Chinese husband who mm. escaped to China now who's been, of course he's been held in custody in China. Mm. It happened in Pimble, a very affluent Wow, suburb. I did not know that. So not, no, not even my Chinese friends were talking about it. So yeah. I was like, yeah. It's almost as though like um, the way in which a woman's life and the colour of her skin is adjudicated by how much media coverage she gets, you know? Like mm-hmm. white women often get the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are other two incidents of Chinese woman who's been murdered, Qi Yu and also... Uh, Mong Mei Lan, both happened in uh, respectively in 2018 and 2016. Mm. There's very little report and coverage. Mm. I feel like mm. there was they were not on the front page. Um, if you really compare to what had just happened in London, you know the um, Sarah Evergard, she's raped and murdered by yeah. a, a policeman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just shocking. Well, speaking of that. Um, um, actually, w- I was very curious is how much Australian Asians media have reported on March for Justice. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the issues about gender violence. For our listeners, I think if your parents who uh, have trouble reading English news because it's not their first language, I honestly uh, recommend them to read SBS Chinese news rather than Asian-based uh, media mm. that's that's cooperated in Australia because I looked up um, some of the Chinese uh, media companies and it's just very disappointing. Yeah, the, honestly, the lack of so coverage about this, the lack of coverage issues. Yeah, and a lot of them are very shallow reports. Mm. Um, they are usually a couple of articles about COVID updates. And most of them are translated or made references from Daily Mail, Seven News, Harrison, very Murdoch media centric. Yeah. yeah. And I was speaking to my one of my friends through Messenger, and she said Chinese media in Australia tends to focus on the news that is only beneficial for Chinese. Right. Like there's nothing wrong with it, of course. In saying so, you know, like I'm saying Chinese is a mainlander Chinese. Is yeah. Because they're the one who's usually in control of these media companies. Yeah not the other Chinese diasporas. So the main topic that would show up on the front page is usually welfare or immigration policies, uh-huh. real estate uh-huh. are very popular. In the most in the recent months you will be news about COVID. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of Weixin, you know, a Chinese dominated news channel channel, it's not particularly a balanced media platform. You know, yeah. um yeah. they even though if they have international news or diplomatic news like relationship with between china and australia mm. or china mm. and us they tend to be quite biased towards china yeah towards china yeah yeah, yeah. i think 
Yeah, I'm always reluctant to speak out about Chinese media because I don't know how much of it is actually secretly or not secretly influenced by the CCP. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like yeah. really scared there's no to transparency. Speak out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no like, transparency. Who knows, right? And like, yeah. yeah, like we have this ongoing joke with, you know, our family that, you know, when we meet a new Chinese person, we're like, do they work for the CCP? <laughs> you know, that's, that's obviously like internalized, like almost racism on our part as well, mm -hmm. because like so much of the media and the culture that we consume teaches us that um, someone from China must be somehow involved with, you know, CCP. Yeah, that government, which is that's so shit, under yeah. the, which is so like shrouded yeah. in so many uh -huh. layers of secrecy, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, activism, social activism, are not popular with particularly. Um, so it it's not it's not popular with a particular group of Asians. Um, Why do you think that is? It could be related to um, the reason of being only self interested, yeah. and you know, lack of broader information, mm. accessibility of information as mm. well. My friend did pointed out that Chinese and Koreans are more act active mm. in activism compared to other Asian why ethnic is that? backgrounds. Are we wealthier? Because is that why? That's that's probably one yeah. reason. And I think I can't speak for Korean yeah. friends, but um, I know because Taiwan is built on yeah, activism, yeah, exactly. as in continuously yeah. activism for the past decades. So yeah, because we want we're more familiar. Yeah, because we yeah. our our whole identity as a nation is to get sovereignty from. China. From yeah. China, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. But whereas uh, some of the Asian countries, there have been, people have been, like, barely on survival yeah, exactly. of above their, the poverty line. you know, political, yeah, yeah, above the poverty line because of the agenda, the political agendas through dictatorship, right, authority, right. Yeah. Well, actually, kind of regimes. Yeah, it's twofold, yeah. isn't it? Like, in Vietnam, I don't know what it's like now because I know nothing about Vietnam, but, you know, I'm sure there was a time when... Um, under communism, if you spoke out against the government, you were, you were, you knew you were going to face, um, the the gun. I guess you know you mm -hmm. you would probably be shot. Um, I did wonder while you were speaking about activism and how Taiwan and South Korea were tended to be more active in activism. Um, is there a correlation between the wealth of a country and the amount of social justice activism that um, is that exists? Like, do you think richer countries can afford to be more outspoken and try and challenge systems? Whereas, like, say, like, if you're in Vietnam or Laos or Cambodia, like you said, you're literally every day is trying to survive and make enough, um, grow enough food for your family. You don't have time mm -hmm. to go out and, you know, like, fight for climate change and all that because, um, because uh, you're literally, like, starving or, like... And also, um, I'll add to that, or two, Helen, that a lot of political activism or social activism um, is unpaid. Yeah, I think wealth is definitely one of the aspects for people who have the opportunity to go out and speak of their minds. But at the same time, it's also, I'm not quite sure if I'm saying it correctly, but when you are being pushed to the point that you know that you cannot stand anymore, mm. that you will still speak mm. out. Like, for example, what's happening in Myanmar, it's not relatively, uh, I'm guessing that the people's income there mm. are not relatively higher compared to other um, Asian countries. Mm. But when you are being pushed um, 
to a certain point that you just break,、mm. that you just go, oh no, fuck it, I'm just gonna go and protest.、Mm. You know what's this gonna cost、mm. me? I need to speak out.、Mm-hmm. You know what's ha- what had happened in Tiananmen、yeah. in on the fourth of June. You know, years ago, what was it? The eighty nine, eighty eighty nine. Yeah. So people start revolutions. Yeah. Regardless of the wealth, yeah, yeah, you're right,、well. you're right, you're right. Yeah, that that feels like a different thing, though, right? Like there's a coup,、mm-hmm. and then there's like there's an there's an overhaul of the system, um, like a revolution,、mm-hmm. and then there's like activism, the way you and I do it. Like we could afford to take Monday off. Well, I didn't take Monday off. I worked, but that was part of my work. <laughs> but work, yeah, yeah, like we can go to a march, and we can use our bodies to make a statement collectively. Mm-hmm. And also feel safe, right? Yeah, and also feel safe yeah, as well. That's the most important、yeah. thing. Speaking of safety, of that、yeah. march happened on Monday. I was I don't know how I'm gonna feel about the this、um, thing. The、yeah. organizers, I think it was a couple of days before that the march happened. The organizers uh, post uh, notes on the group saying that, okay, so you are definitely going to. Oh, there will be a chance that. You will be faced with counter protesting,、okay. as in, and they were giving out tips or what do you call them solutions? I don't know if it's called solutions or ways to not engaging into those anti protest. Who、um, who who did they foreshadow the anti protest would be MRI people? I mean, yeah, men's rights. Men's rights. Men's rights. Most likely, <laughs> they didn't specifically indicate, but yeah. I think any other protest that I went to, I never saw a like a notes coming out from the organizers right, about right. how like, to disengage yeah, or how、yeah. to protect your own safety. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. this is so alarming that we even know as women were pro- protesting for our rights, we have to come fucking prepared to a protest that we're knowing that there's a potential risk that we're gonna face. Well, um, what were some of the tips? Oh, saying that don't engage with them directly.、Mm. Um, you know, never start a violent action. <laughs> yeah,、mm. and something like oh, since、um, when did women ever do that? I know, but it's just, I I don't know how to feel about this. It's just a very mixed feeling. As in, I know、what's, that it's. What's the mixed feeling? I think it was very sad for me that we、yeah. have to be holding that kind of preparation, even so that right, we're fighting、right. for this, you know, this kind of cause. Yeah. That's like really troubling to hear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. Not saying、I、that it's the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Okay, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back to talk about、um, quickly talk about what we consumed this week in terms of culture,、mm-hmm. and then we'll race right into our this week's topic. We'll be right back. And we're back. So、mm-hmm. Helen,、uh, did you see any movies this week?、Um, I'm still. My mind is still on March for Justice at the moment.、Um, I don't think I watched. No, I don't. I haven't seen any movies this week. I'm just trying to put my、yeah. miserable mind off. So that's why I've been watching、right. Shit's Creek. <laughs> oh, Shit's Creek is the most. <laughs> is the most comforting comfort watch in the world. <laughs> I want to live in that universe of Shit's Creek. <laughs> Seriously, Comf- speaking of comfort, Andrew and I,、um, we watch Seinfeld, Seinfeld together yeah, as comfort. Like、uh-huh. he loves Seinfeld, so like, and I am going through it chronologically. I think we're up to like season three.、Mm-hmm. 
Um, and um, but this week we watched um, uh, You've Got Mail, my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. So I made him watch that. He loved it. So that's a big tick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, next to his name. Haha. <laughs> Um, and then we watched Contact with Jodie Foster. Oh, have you seen that? I it's really seen that, good. But it was a bad. We I heard a bad review from our brother years ago when you first came out. He was saying that it's so slow. Really? Wait, wait, I thought Kevin loved that movie. Did he? Oh, maybe I just mm. heard it wrong. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, actually, Kevin said that he, that movie and Interstellar are really good. Um, but yeah, Jodie Foster is so awesome. I just mm-hmm. found her relationship with uh, Matthew McConaughey really unconvincing in the movie because I know Jodie Foster is a lesbian in real life. So I was uh-huh. just like, uh, this is not convincing. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, um, pre- it's such a preconceived, be- yeah. Yeah, but it's such a beautiful film. It's so mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, you should watch it with your kids because like, I also feel like it's a very feminist film because Jodie right. Foster's a lead character. She's yep. a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she... Like nothing about it made me cringe. I think that movie dates pretty well. Uh huh. It was a relatively yeah. um, older movie, wasn't it? It came out in ninety six or something. Yeah. Ninety six or ninety seven. Wow. Maybe even earlier. I'm not mm-hmm. sure actually. But yeah, like in, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about books? What are you reading? What I'm still reading, Clara and the Sun. So oh yeah. Uh-huh. I haven't really. Ishiguro. Yeah, Ishiguro's book. You know, like I, I've seen reviews of that book everywhere. I, oh, there really? are literally fifty gazillion Goodness. reviews out there. I'm so sick of it. It's like, <laughs> is this is this what, is this what like, uh, he must have a team of PR people just like. Getting yeah, him, because getting it's really big in the UK, right. I think. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I, I just don't I, don't, I don't usually read the review after. I, I okay. Like, I want to read the reviews sometimes because some parts of the book, I just don't get it. I'm just hoping to right. see there will be explanation in reviews, but I have to just literally hold myself back and, like, open those reviews. So I'm almost finished. So hopefully I can talk about it perhaps next episode. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to think about what else I did this week. We had people coming over to cut off, cut down some of our trees and... Oh, yeah? Um, it's been raining else. a yeah. lot in Sydney. Yeah. What about up where you are? Yeah, it's raining a lot as well, yeah. Mm. Um, I love the rain so much. It makes me feel productive. Yeah, you just have to start. It makes me want to stay indoors things, and rather. do things, yeah. Um, what's really ha- been troubling the past week, apart from on top of the march, was that... Um, what had happened yesterday? Should we talk about this? The oh, news yes, yes. that Let's we heard quickly, yeah, mention it. in um, Atlanta. In yeah. Atlanta, where there were uh, shooting by a white man. A white man. man. Yeah. Um, eight victims and six of mm-hmm. was a six six of them, six of them were, were Asian. Asian. So yeah. Um, a lot of media has already came out and saying that this is this must be like Not... racially racially targeted, wasn't it? Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've I heard from CNN that um they don't think it is racially targeted, but the, they think they said it's something like um the the shooter um had a sex addiction. Mm. So something related to that. I'm not sure. <laughs> Doesn't excuse him sure. for his um. No, you know, no, crime. nothing excuses. But it was just weird that the article I read mentioned his mentioned the fact that mm. they don't think officials at the moment don't believe it is racially motivated. And that it might be something to do with his sex addiction, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Like what else has come out in the last few days, last um, 48 hours? It's really shocking, though. Yeah. It's really scary. Yeah. It's really shocking. It was a massage parlor, I believe, right? That he mm-hmm. um, committed those crimes. 
Yeah, we're still waiting yeah. for more information coming out, but I'm already seeing a lot of um, people, a lot of platforms um, sharing, you know, anti-Asian yep. hate, you know, support yep. Asians and particularly yes, Asian yes. women at this time. Because it's really, it's really troubling. It's a, it definitely um, put my mood to terribly low yesterday afternoon after. Right. Um, I actually initially saw um, when I was going through my Facebook, like just during my break this yesterday afternoon on Facebook and there was an Asian mental health support group mm. and someone mm. posted, oh, to all my Asian sisters out there, you know, we're here for you. Um, mm. support each other, things like that. I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? You know, what's, why suddenly yeah. just Asian woman? And then yeah. I look at the news and that's what yeah. I saw about Atlanta and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm crashing down. So were the Asians women, the Asian victims, were they all women? Yeah, they were right, all women. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really, that's really, really upsetting. I heard it from yeah. dad when dad put, post, posted it onto our group chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dad sent that link from the New York Times. Yeah, yeah it's just... Oh, so troubling. Um, yeah, yeah. Vo- VOVA, which is the Voices of um, American Asians um, organization, they, they, VONA, VOVA, Voice, something, V-O-V-A or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, they um, they also sent out an email saying, expressing a statement saying, like, you know, anti-Asian sentiments, we're here for you, like, just beware, um, we're all in this together. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's really, it's really like and and then this group, um, they're from America, mm-hmm. so they support Asian Asian um, American women. Mm-hmm. Like I find myself being gravitating, like gravitating towards those groups because, like in Australia, we don't have those kind of networks. Hey, like when networks that are specifically for Asian women. Yeah, yeah. Don't you think? I think there's not enough. Um, just there's not enough togetherness to just come together to mm. establish this kind of group, and I feel like. A lot of outside pressure, whether or not it's from media, politicians, that just brushes off, and also within Asian communities as well, they just brush off racism issues. Mm, um, mm. There's also the minority myth saying that, you know, oh, um, just don't speak up. It's, yeah. We're in the white country. I hate that. I hate that the most. Or why you've been so sensitive about this kind of thing. Like, it's little yeah. things that built up. For example, um, I, I sent you one of the, I don't know if she's an influencer or something like that, but I spoke yeah. to one of our Instagram friends over, over a private chat this morning about someone saw a recipe labelled mm. Kong, oh, flu, right. Kong, Kong, Kong flu yeah. soup. And yeah. Some people have already expressed that it's very insensitive and racist, you know. Okay, was that influencer white? Yeah, she's white. Yeah, <laughs> you're rolling your eyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But what's really disheartening is that when I raise this kind of thing with yeah. my own Asian friends, they're like, oh, that's nothing. Like, why are you being mm. so sensitive, you know? Mm. Why do you mm. take offense so easily? I'm like, but this is the kind of little things that yeah. builds up that, eventually. Yeah, exactly. Exactly becomes a racially targeted attacks, yeah. like what we're seeing yeah. in US and UK as well. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting how white people, the only me- the only way that they feel that the only way that it seems like they can mediate otherness, i.e., Asian culture, is through food. Mm. You know, like 
Um, Billy, Carl, and I, we watched um, the Sex and the... We finished the Sex and the City. Mm-hmm. That's our biggest news for this week. Finished the series and we watched the movie, the first one. And, like, often... Like, there's there's two... Like, often throughout the show... I think there are eight seasons. Six seasons. Mm-hmm. Six seasons. Um, often throughout the show, the only... Like, they, the whole show, there was only one female character um, of Asian descent. And it was... Uh, I think she was a lesbian that kind of tells Charlotte off when Charlotte tries to engage with a lesbian queer group. Um, and so we have no, like, Asian characters in the whole six series, um, so the whole six seasons, sorry, and, and, um, and the only way that the women often engage with, um, Asian culture is through food, so they order Chinese takeout, mm-hmm. and, like, in the movie, it's really, um, emphasized, again, they bring this, they bring this trope back, this really superficial trope, where, um, Samantha, um, for Valentine's Day, she makes sushi, <laughs> like she gets naked and makes sushi for her perfect boyfriend, mm-hmm. Smith Jared. Um, and then the other thing is um, another scene where Miranda is like um, New Year's Eve, she's alone and she's eating Chinese food. Mm-hmm. So like it's just so interesting how the only way in which like rich white people can seem to engage with Asian, anything of Asian related culture is not through getting to know Asian people. It's through their food. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that because to them, Asian food are most easy to access for them. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. for them, it's cheap, it's accessible anytime, yeah. anywhere, yeah, and it's exactly. considered also exotic to them as well. Yeah, exactly. It's like trying exactly. to raise their yeah. own culture awareness through food, yeah, which yeah. is not enough. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of what had happened in Atlanta, like, yeah. Dad's response was actually quite... I don't know how to say about what? this. It was what kind of a bit say? annoying. He said, that's why we need to be alert all the time. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. I mean, he's always been saying that for the past decades, but now seeing that, I'm like, oh, it's so tiring, exhausting. Honestly, it's like, Charlie, yeah. it's partially victim blaming as well. It's like, we have to be alert all the time. We cannot be alert mm. 24-7. Honestly, you know, it's still teaching women how to protect their ourselves. Yeah. It's not the way to go, I think. The essence is teach the ones who are deemed by the society that is the most powerful gender, male, not to harm others. Mm. You know? Well, I think, I think Dad's comment was just because it was a family group chat. He just yeah. wants us to stay safe. That's all. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was going to, uh, before we move on to the next topic, um, I was going to ask you, what do you think of Scott? Scott Morrison's response to the march. Yeah, so um, why don't we tell listeners who, the people who haven't heard, um, our Prime Minister um, came out after the Women's March on Monday to say, what did he say, Helen? Uh, essentially that he said that, um, aren't we great that living in a liberal democracy society that these uh, protesters in the march are not met with the bullets? Yeah. So he's referring to what is happening in Myanmar. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just shocking. Yeah, it's disgusting. He's like yeah. praising himself on the liberal democracy, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's just doing the comparison is extremely... It's so off the nose, and on the nose. Yeah. It's so just inappropriate. Yeah, he's the... he's the. Oh, it's so bad. I cannot believe we have leaders who say such, a, such I things. I know, it's terrible. It's like diverting the attention away from the objectivity of the march yeah. and the yeah, patronising exactly. the protesters and... I feel like partially it's racist as well. It's like laughing at what's happening in Myanmar. Oh, right. Yeah, with the Asians. Yeah. yeah. The, those barbaric Asians mm. is basically what he's saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And yeah, my when my when my like this is uh from the man's point of view could be true as well. Yeah. When my husband yeah. saw that comment, he's like, "Fuck!" He sounds threatening. He's threatening to the protesters. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. he's like, yeah. "Look, that at, does sound very yeah. threatening." He's like, "Oh, you didn't get met with the bullets this time. Maybe you will next time, or what?" Yeah, exactly. Ew. Yeah, it's awful. It's really awful. Hmm. Yeah, so um, let's launch into this week's topic, Helen. Mm-hmm. What did you want to talk about? So I prepared a couple of the discussions um, after I read a newspaper titled uh, The Couples Accused of Destroying Jap- Japan's Family. Um, this was published earlier this month on BBC News. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's essentially talking about um, how a lot of, uh, up to about 96% marriages in Japan the wife still takes the surname of their husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, the, 90 what? 96. <gasps> in Connecticut? In where? No, in Japan. In Japan, in Japan. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Your mind's somewhere else now. Yeah. Um, so this is what the article starts with. Mari Inoue is a 34-year-old English professor in Tokyo. She got engaged to her boyfriend... Kotoro Uzuye three years ago. A wedding, they say, is out of the question. It's not the pandemic that is preventing them, but an archaic Japanese law that requires married couples to adopt the same surname. Theoretically, either partner could give up their family name. In practice, it is almost always a woman who loses hers. Um, So, Miss Inoue she said that we should have a choice to either retain our own name um her her not husband yet uh, her fiance agrees so at the moment japan is thought to be the only events economy stop couple holding separate surnames after marriage uh mm. through a law that is explicitly discriminate against women according to the un committee of course because it's usually the woman who takes upon the husband's surname yeah yeah, and the article continues through that um, six years ago, two high-profile lawsuits aimed at changing the rules that had failed. But the movement for reform, joined by Ms. Inoue and Mr. Utsui, has grown. Um, yeah, so even in 2015, Japan's Supreme Court has decided it was reasonable to use just one name for the family. Um, mm. They want to uphold the 19th century rule that... Um, when you marry, that you should have the same surname as a yeah. It constitutes like a unity of a family. Yeah, I think at the moment, from what I know, that I don't know about other Asian fa- um, countries, but in Taiwan, um, most of the women do not change their surname. Like our mom didn't change yeah. her surname. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. to that, we moved to Australia. I think Australia, for yeah. documentation documents documenting yeah, yeah. Um, purposes yeah usually they will be hyphenated i think if, right um, right i've seen some women with two surnames because our chinese surname is usually one syllable like wang yeah. du lin chen yeah. Yeah. so it's one syllable sometimes when i was growing up i see people with two surnames i, I kind of like 
confused. Like, why just why does this person have two surnames? Yeah, but hyphenated like, surnames yeah. are super white, by the way. Oh, uh, is it? Well, yeah, only white people have it. Okay. Um, what I've heard is that in Taiwan they would have two surnames if mm. the husband insists that the wife taken upon his surname, but she doesn't want to lose her own surname. So you might right, right. see some people have Chen Lin or Zhou Huang, and oh, then their okay. first name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Helen, um, you you yourself when you got married mm-hmm. at twenty three, twenty four, you made a decision to take on your husband's surname. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell our listeners why you did that? Yeah, so this is before I became the, a feminist. The feminist. <laughs> I think I've always been a feminist, but I was quite naive and just didn't really think through at the time. I was just thinking, mm. okay, for documentations, I might just well taken up his surname, and mm. I feel like um, I don't disagree that a family. I don't disagree or agree that a family should have the same surname. Because it's just a label, it probably signifies to individuals on different standard. Um, mm. But I, my reason will be I was just naive and not knowing, you know, the whole background of the, you know, importance of the patriarchy. name. Patriarchy. Yeah, of the patriarchy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, are you saying that um, my husband took up our surname when we were in Taiwan? So mm. all our documentations in Taiwan is in family register that mm. he is pretty much a son of our own parents because he's taken right, up right. our Chinese surname. Yeah. yeah, I spoke to other interracial couples. You know, um, most of them are like mine, like in Australia that they have taken up their husband's surname, uh-huh. and it, it happens. Some people taken up when they got married. Some people taken up when. Um, they have kids because all mm. their kids started school because they felt yeah. a bit there, there's a social perception when you go to your kids school some people don't know if you see showing the name to the teacher um, the teacher don't know whether or not they to address you as miss or missus right which right. is very still very conservative it's very annoying yeah. as well I, I'm okay yeah. with people just or even the teachers to just address mm. me with um, Helen, I don't, I don't really like people addressing me with Mrs. You know, with my surname yeah. or Miss, something yeah. like that. First name yeah. is fine. Yeah, a lot of wo- Asian women that I ask, they say it's actually a better and high, uh, better chances for them to get work in Australia. Let's not forget because of the anglicized Anglo- yes. surname. Yes. Well, that's fucked. Yeah. That's really sad, fucked up, but also I understand why they mm-hmm. would do that. Yeah, name discrimination still exists. You know, the fuss of not right. having the same surname. With your children, it's still a bit annoying. Right. Especially when you're living in a very conservative area. Right, yeah. right. So what do you think? Well, I, I definitely, if I ever got married, mm-hmm. um, I would definitely would not take my husband's surname. Mm-hmm. Um, with the children, um, I am a bit more lenient, but like if they received my husband's surname, I would be really, really... He would have to do something absolutely <laughs> out of this world for me to like be convinced that um he gets to name our kids mm-hmm. seriously mm-hmm. that he would have to do something i can't even imagine what he would need to do <laughs> to, to in order for that to happen because that's how much i believe that my child should either have my surname mm-hmm. or um a combined surname yeah so one of our great listeners shout out to harriet um her parents um 
combined their surnames mm-hmm. to make her surname. So her and her brother have like a completely different surname. Oh, com- no, it's not hyphenated. Different? It's completely different. Yeah. Yeah, so they, um, her parents combined their surnames to make a brand new ah, one. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's yeah, as well. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I do understand the people who say, um, for practicality reasons, um, it's easier to have surnames that, you know, are aligned with everyone else in your family. But um, I do understand that. But I am someone who, like, I like, names mean a lot to me. Like, language means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, like, if... And, and, like, the people who say, oh, I just want to feel, like, a sense of family with, you know, that we share all the same name. I'm like, are you that fragile that mm-hmm. you actually need the same surname as someone else in order to feel closer to them? Mm-hmm. Like, it's all, it's a complete status thing, mm-hmm. I think. If you are someone who needs that, that mm-hmm. kind of um, optics of being a family, like <laughs> nucleus, um, then, then <laughs> there's something wrong. Yeah, it, then, it then there's something heteronormative. Clearly, yeah, Usually then there's something clearly too fragile about how mm-hmm. you actually feel about your family. Like I don't, I don't care about. Like I, I think. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm contradicting myself because on one hand I'm like, um, it, like names don't matter, but then on the other hand I'm saying yeah they do. Like they I, do. I would want, yeah. I want my kid to not take, not not like have me erased by forgetting my mm-hmm. name. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, I carried them in my body for nine months. The least I could do was name my kid after me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of um, this, it reminds me of a scene in We Need to Talk About Kevin, a book I'm currently reading yeah. by Lionel Shriver, my favourite book in the world, uh, where she says that she had this debate with her husband, Franklin, and he... So they, they made a deal. Like, if they had a girl, it'll be um, named after... Um, the the narrator mm-hmm. Eva and if they had a boy then it'll be named after the the father and then the narrator said well that's really sexist because you're basically saying like oh um a girl is lesser than you you know mm-hmm. to the husband so the husband said fine okay well then if it's a girl she can take my surname and if it's a boy then she he can take yours so the protagonist I mean so the the son of Eva is Kevin Kachaturian and so yeah he takes her surname. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. It must be such an interesting conversation that mar- um, parents have when they decide, you know, what name to. I mean, your kids have taken your husband's name. Yeah. Yes. What, was there a conversation around that? Oh, my eldest kid's already considering to change his name once he's reached eighteen. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? What yeah. does he want to do? He said, "Well, probably hyphenate or something like that." Oh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't care once they become 18, they become an adult, they want to change their surname, that's fine. If, even if they don't want to take my own, my own surname, I'm okay with that. You know, they yeah. are their own, you know, individual beings. Yeah. 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 But there's also, also uh, um, in relation of calling the, the kids names as well, <laughs> I think I probably have already made like a detrimental impact because when I'm angry, I always call out their Chinese name. I like full Chinese name. <laughs> yeah. Do yong zhe. Do yong xing. Yeah, and they know yeah. they're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of name changes, what about in same-sex couples? Do you know same-sex couples when they get married? What are their decisions? Because there are not as much power dynamic um, play yeah. in between the yeah, same-sex yeah. couples. Well, I don't know. Uh, the only lesbians I know who have had Sorry, the only gay couples, mm-hmm. same-sex people I don't know who have kids are like this couple that I 
was very close to a few years ago, but now no longer speak to. Not for any reason. We're just like, you know, they had kids and, mm. um, you know, uh, we're all busy, you know. But I don't actually know what they did. Oh, what about you? Do you have any, what's, do you have any friends who... Yeah, I'm also kind of curious. Um, I, I don't know. So I'm fascinated if any of our listeners have experience or they know um, mm. same-sex couples they are out there that are married. Um, do they take their names or... Do they remain their own <clears throat> names before they got married? Do they come up with a new surname, you know, like your, mm. The, mm. our listener Harriet's family did? Yeah. And what about the kids, you know? Mm. I, I'm happy. I would like to know of, yeah, like the strategies yeah, that yeah. they have or the conversations they might have. Yeah, know. yeah. Because they often come up with more progressive ideas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, that's it from me today. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's, just... it's been a very, very interesting conversation. Yeah, it's been a very emotional roller coaster week. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, it's raining all weekend, so we'll just like stay home and binge watch movies, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. is the way to go to relax our minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. We're now on Acast. If you like our podcast, please give us a five-star rating and share with your friends. We are now with Acast to support. So if you like, please support by donation and buy us a coffee or a chai latte. You can find our updates on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Asian Bitches Down Under. Send us a DM or a feedback or maybe a discussion if you like. Um, so we'll chat to you next time. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. And have a good week. Yeah, take care. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.